Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter, sort of, and he's also trying to kind of get out of the deal. Now, Elon has said that Twitter has millions of bot accounts that he doesn't want to buy the company if they have those bots enabled. So Elon is trying to find a way to dissuade uh, Twitter from selling the company to him. So he's trying to get out of the deal, basically. And he's finding some people on the outside and also on the inside that are important to this. So Elon will be able to include new evidence from a Twitter whistleblower. And he's going to be fighting out of this $44 billion deal to buy the social media giant. But Elon also wanted to delay this trial. But the new judge said that it's not allowed and he has to go to trial in October over the dispute. Chancellor Kathleen St. Jude McCormick, who is the head judge of Delaware's Court of Chancery, denied Musk's request to delay the trial by four weeks. And she allowed Tesla CEO Elon Musk to add evidence related to whistleblower allegations by former Twitter security chief Peter Zatko, who is scheduled to testify to Congress next week about the poor cybersecurity practices at Twitter. Twitter has sued Elon and they've asked the Delaware court to force him to go through with the deal he made in April to buy the company. Musk countersued and a trial is set to start the week of October 17th. Now, Musk has a pretty legit legal team and he's argued that the allegations made by Zatko to US officials may help bolster Musk's claims that Twitter misled him and the public about the company's problem with fake spam accounts. And he said there's millions of those things out there. And you can tell when he posts something on Twitter, every single reply about three people down, they're all Bitcoin scammers. They're not Elon Musk. And some of those Bitcoin scammers have an Elon profile picture and they have his name as their name. So he knows firsthand that there are tons of scammers out there and spam accounts. So Zatko's a well-known security expert in the cyberspace area, and he's known by his hacker handle, Mudge. And he said he was fired in January after raising flags about Twitter's negligence in protecting the security and privacy of their users. Now, the judge's ruling followed an hours-long hearing Tuesday in which attorneys for Musk and Twitter argued with each other about the merits of Zatko's claims and the pace at which both sides are producing evidence ahead of the trial. And Twitter's attorneys sought to downplay the relevance of Zatko's allegations to the merger dispute, arguing that an initial 27-page complaint he sent to Twitter and a later retaliation claim made no mention of the spam bot issues that Elon Musk has given as a reason to terminate his deal with Twitter. Now, Zatko never said a word about spam or bots until his July whistleblower complaint, said Twitter attorney William Savitt. And Twitter has argued forever that Elon Musk has stated reasons for backing out because he just wants to cover buyer's remorse at that point. He agreed to pay 38% above Twitter's stock price before the stock market stumbled and shares of Tesla fell as well. And that's where most of Musk's personal wealth resides. And that's 
because they lost more than $100 billion of their value. That's a ton of money. And if Elon said, okay, I don't want to buy this deal anymore, he's contractually obligated to go through with the deal as far as Twitter's concerned. But he's pushing back. He's finding ways out of this. That's what they're saying, that he's trying to find ways out of this. And he's trying to save himself a bunch of money, billions of dollars. So the Musk judge, the Musk and Twitter judge McCormick said Wednesday, the newly published whistleblower complaint gave Musk's team grounds to amend its countersuit, but she declined to weigh in on the details of all of this. And she said, I am uh, reticent to say more concerning the merits of the counterclaims at this posture before they have been fully litigated. Uh, the world will have to wait for the post-trial decision. McCormick sided with Twitter's concerns, though, that a delayed trial would make it harder for the company to get back to business. And she said, I am convinced that even four weeks delay would risk further harm to Twitter. Too great to justify. So take that as you will. Elon has a new witness. Twitter is saying this guy doesn't really have any merit. But we're going to see in the trial what kind of merit this person, Zatko, has um, as far as bots go and as far as uh, the negligence of Elon Musk as far as this deal goes. So let's move on to another topic. Let's move on to kind of Starship's almost competition. They're not, not really competing, but SpaceX's Starship is going to be helping the space launch system, the NASA Space Launch System get people back to the moon. And there's been a delay on the Space Launch System. NASA has failed two attempts for the Artemis 1 launch. And after standing down on the Artemis 1 launch attempt Saturday, September 3rd, due to a hydrogen leak, NASA's teams have decided to replace the seal on an interface called the Quick Disconnect between the liquid hydrogen fuel feed line on the mobile launcher and the SLS Space Launch System rocket while at the pad. And performing the work on the pad will require technicians to set up an enclosure around the work area to protect the hardware from the weather and other environmental conditions, engineers to test the repair under cryogenic or Super Bowl conditions. And performing the work at the pad also allows teams to gather as much data as possible to understand the cause of this issue. Teams may return the rocket to the Vehicle Assembly Building, or the VAB, to perform additional work that does not require use of the cryogenic facilities available at the launch pad. Building this enclosure will take some time. We have the rest of September. It's going to take them over a week to get this in place. This hasn't been done for this rocket before. They have these systems in place for a reason. And the reason is, if there are scrubs like the last two launches well they need to fix the pipes basically at this point there was a hydrogen leak it looked like it expanded much more than they thought it was going to expand they had a small leak before but now it's much larger i also want you to take into consideration that the space shuttle was sent back to the vehicle assembly building 20 times before it launched for the first time so the space launch system the sls and artemis one this show is brought to you by backblaze i use backblaze to back up my podcast my video files all of my writing stuff and all my photos and you get unlimited computer backup for macs and pcs for just seven dollars a month you can back up your own documents photos videos drawings projects 
all of your data and access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the web app. And you can access the files on your mobile too. iOS, Android apps, all covered. And this is the cool part. This is my favorite part. You can restore it by mail. A hard drive will come to your house with all your data shipped to your door. It could come to your business too. And you can restore return refund program. So you can buy a hard drive restore, send the hard drive back within 30 days and get a full refund. So basically they ship you this hard drive and then you ship it back and you don't ever pay for it, which is the perfect program for somebody who has huge files and you don't want to waste days and days downloading terabytes and teraflops of data. And if you're worried about accidentally deleting your files, two bucks extra a month, you can increase your retention history to one year. And I use it for all of my video files. It comes in super handy. So $7 plus $2, $9 a month, and you get everything backed up. Ease of mind for up to a year. And if you use the URL backblaze.com slash Elon, you get a fully featured 15 day, no credit card required free trial. Check it out. Play with it. Start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Back your stuff up. It's recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. And it's recently been listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange under BLZE, so you know they're legit. Backblaze is committed more than ever to bringing easy and affordable data storage that you can trust. Don't be that person that forgot to back up their important files. We've got your back. Sign up for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required. Go there, sign up, play with it. It's really powerful and it's really easy to use. So go to backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Going back to the vehicle assembly building and scrubbing two missions, it's not that big of a deal considering that if something were to happen during flight and they had to use the flight termination system, that's a huge step back for NASA and the space launch system and Artemis program as a whole. Since the space shuttle went back about 20 times due to similar things like leaks and umbilical cables, things like that, well, it's kind of part of the whole engineering process. This is still a test flight. I want you to know that this is still a test rocket. This is the first flight of this rocket. This isn't completed yet. The second flight will have people on it. Hey, if you could take a second and hit the subscribe button and the like button, it would help me out a little bit, but it's gonna help you out even more because when you hit the subscribe button, YouTube will see that and they'll put you in the algorithm and they'll show you more space flight content, things that you like, like NASA, space flight, SpaceX, Elon Musk, way more interesting channels. Might not even be my channel and that's fine. So thanks everybody, appreciate it. This one has dummies, basically mannequins in the capsule that'll go around the moon and come back to the earth. Now the second mission has to be fail-proof. So that's why they're fixing all of this on Artemis 1, figuring out everything they need to do with this rocket, the SLS and the Orion space capsule before they do the launch of Artemis 2, because people on board, that would be catastrophic. So if they send it back to the vehicle assembly building and we have to wait a month, I think that's okay considering that the next launch of Artemis, Artemis 2, could save these lives if Artemis 1 is fixed properly and they find these issues early on in these attempts. I'm going to tell you when they're going to be able to postpone this launch until 
and why they are going to do that. Now, here's some information from NASA's website. When Artemis 1 is ready to launch, a range of personnel from NASA industry and several international partners will be poised to support the mission. That's what they say on the website. And to determine potential launch dates, engineers identified key constraints required to accomplish the mission. There are four uh, primary parameters that dictate launch availability within these periods. Key constraints are unique to the Artemis 1 mission and future launch availability. And the launch day must account for the moon's position in its lunar cycle so that the SLS rocket's core stage and upper stage can time the translunar injection burn with enough performance to successfully intercept the odd ramp for lunar distant retrograde orbit. More powerful upper stage on future configurations of the rocket will enable daily or near daily launch opportunities to the moon, depending on the orbit desired. And the resulting trajectory for a given day must ensure Orion is not in darkness for more than 90 minutes at a time so that the solar array wings can receive and convert sunlight to electricity. So it can't be on the other side of the Earth is what they're saying, the nighttime side of the Earth, because it needs those solar arrays to expand to get energy to go to the moon. And the launch date must support a trajectory that allows for the skip entry technique planned during Orion's return to Earth. So basically it comes back into the atmosphere, dips in, skips back out, and then skips back in, coming in at 25,000 miles per hour, 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So it needs to skip off the atmosphere a little bit in order to scrub some of that speed and some of that temperature off of the capsule. The launch date must also support daylight conditions for Orion's Splashtown to initially assist recovery personnel when they locate, secure, and retrieve the spacecraft from the Pacific Ocean. It's going to be off the coast of San Diego, and it's going to be about 40 days after launch. So it's going to be a pretty long mission. Now, here's the available launch dates. So we have some times on the days uh, in October that I want to tell you about because these are going to be kind of important. And uh, NASA needs to kind of be in the in the public spotlight for these launches, for the first one especially. So that comes into, uh, into play a little bit later on. October 17th, 2.50 a.m. Eastern Time, 45-minute duration launch. October 18th, 90-minute duration at 3.02 a.m. 19th, 3.15 a.m., 20th, 3.31 a.m., October 21st, 4.14 a.m., October 22nd, 6.09 a.m., October 23rd, 7.34 a.m., October 27th goes a little bit higher, 10.08 a.m., 1.02 p.m. on October 29th, 2.20 p.m. October 30th, October 31st, 3.31 3.31 p.m. So the early morning ones doesn't seem like the best option for NASA. Um, basically, NASA is also under scrutiny right now, and they need the, this positive press so they can have uh, a successful launch and they can get more people supporting these missions. Now, if they have it at 2.50 a.m., um, as much as I want to say it's not about the views, it's kind of about the views as well. If they have a launch opportunity at 2.50 a.m., no one's going to stay up and watch it if you're in the United States. Uh, that's about, you know, that's too early for most people or too late for most people. Up until about 6.09 a.m. on the 22nd of October. 6.09 seems like if you're into this stuff, you're going to watch it. 7.33 or 7.34 a.m. October 23rd. Uh, people going to work. You know, that might be a good thing to do. Um, October 27th, 10 a.m., pretty good 
pretty good time. Um, October 29th, one o'clock, October 30th, 2.20 PM, 3.30 PM, um, October 31st. So those like the very end of October could be a better time. If you want eyes on the, on the launch could be a better time to launch this thing. Now that doesn't mean NASA is going to only do it for the views because they're not a YouTube channel. They're a government agency. They're going to get this mission done when they can get it done. And they'll rely on other sorts of media to spread the word after the launch is complete. So it's possible October 17th, 2.50 a.m. They launch this thing. It's a 45-minute window. So 2.50 a.m., there's a possibility that they launch this and rely on other YouTubers such as myself and everybody else out there on national television, international television, to pick up the slack where they couldn't get the views before. So it's not about the views. It's about getting the mission done, but also about the views. So as much as I want to say that I I, I want this to launch as early as possible, I would rather it be at one o'clock in the afternoon on the Eastern time, one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sure a lot of people in the U.S. would feel the same way. And, you know, that's just that's just my own thing. I want them to reschedule this to a good time and I want them to do this properly. And I want the most people to see this. And I'm sure NASA does, too.